Thanks for joining us today with another podcast from New Hope Church. We hope that you enjoy what we have for you today and find it encouraging and uplifting. If you ever want to learn more information about New Hope Church, please visit us online at myhope.life. We'd love to get to know you. Have a wonderful day and God bless. church and we can sing slow songs and God can move we can sing fast songs and God can move but here's the thing is when I come to church I expect that God is gonna move you can be seated I always have a high expectation that God is gonna meet the needs of people when we walk into the doors God is gonna meet needs that is my expectations God, I worship you and I magnify you. I glorify you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, I worship you. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, I worship you. Hallelujah. I tell you this. You never know what God has planned. You never know what God is going to do. You never know what his plan or his purpose is and I know this that if you will always come with an expectation that God is going to meet your need you will always meet it let's go to God in prayer God I pray that you would continue to move in this service God you know everything from the end to the beginning God and I just pray right now God that you would move in this service that you would have your way God God, that nothing would set us aside from what you have ordained for this service, God. God, I believe that you're the author and the finisher of our faith, God. And I just pray that you would move in a mighty way in this service, God. We worship you. We magnify you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So, we have been in a series talking about being empty. Well, I'd love to see Tammy come walking in here. Good, good. She's having a little bit of a, a little bit of a flash there. She got out of there. She needed to cool off a little bit. Sometimes that just happens. I'm glad she's feeling a little bit better. Makes me feel better. So, thank God. <laughs> I always thank God. So, we've been talking about being empty, and we've been running on was the title of the series. I started with being empty, and a lot of times in our lives, we are empty. We get empty, and so we need, we need something from God. We related it to the battery life of our cell phones. And when I am empty, I have nothing to give. I need, I need, I need, I need. Oh, yeah, Sunday school, be dismissed. I totally forgot. Whew. <laughs> uh, I totally forgot. Um, when I'm empty, I need, I need, I need, and that's okay. You know what? In life, sometimes we need things, and that is okay to be at a point in our life where we just need. That's okay. And I expect people to come into church and just need. There, there needs to be a time. I've told people before, your purpose sometimes is to sit and receive. 
That is, that's your purpose in the church. At some points in your relationship with God, your purpose is to sit and receive. You're like, but I want to do something. You can't. You got nothing to give. So what about here? You got nothing to give here. You ever had your cell phone hit the red? Your phone starts acting funky. It stops working so good. And, and then all of a sudden, like because you're in this position, you still have nothing to give. You, 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 are, you are still in a position where you need, 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 need. You can't give. So in these areas here, you are in a position where you have got to receive. At this point, when you hit the green, though, on your cell phone, your phone starts, it changes in the way it operates. The same is true in your life, in reality. If you go outside and you stay outside in the cold water, eventually, after so many hours, you're going to hit hypothermia. And eventually, your blood is going to stop pumping to your fingers and it's going to start, it's going to stop pumping to your toes. You know why? Because you don't need fingers and toes to live. You don't need an arm. It does, you don't need your arm to pump blood. You don't need your arm for uh, liver functions. Did you know that? You need your organs. You don't need your arm. We could chop your arms off, your legs off, and you would still live. We could chop everything off and you would still live. The reason why is your organs keep you alive so your body starts to conserve everything and it stops pushing the fluids out to those parts of the body. And that's how like hypothermia, that's, it starts to shut those parts of the body down and all of a sudden you lose feeling in your fingers and, you start, and it's because it's conserving everything. It's keeping it, it's drawing it in and you're, that's when you're down here. You're on, you're, you're on, your body's on life support. It's like God-given life support. Okay, so when you get to this point, you have a little bit of something. There's a transition that begins to take place. When you're in the green, there is a point in your life now that you have a little bit to give. You have something in your life that you now have something that you can give. And so today we're going to focus on this transition in this part of our life. We're focusing on the transition. And so Josh is going to preach a little bit. And then I'm going to preach a little bit. And we're going to kind of tag team this a little bit. And we're going to do some things a little bit different today. Maybe things you've never done before. And maybe you'll be like, well, these people are weird. I'm never coming back again. And I am so sorry if you feel that way. But it is so important that you get, some, that you get this in this message. Because if, if, you, if you miss this, like this is something that if you miss this, you're going to have a hard time in your relationship for the rest of your life. I promise you. If you don't get this today... This is going to be one of those things that you struggle with in your relationship with God for the rest of your life. I promise you, if you struggle with your relationship with God, this is going to be one of those things that you continue to struggle in your relationship with God. We're going to be talking about giving and receiving today because part of the transition is learning to give, but it's also learning to receive. So in this portion, you're like, well, I was learning to receive. But I'm going to go ahead and turn over to my brother and let him preach the message. Because if I keep going, I'll just preach it. <laughs> but he, he did a great job in the first service. So, Josh, why don't you come preach and uh, I'll be back again. Come on up here. It's been great having you. Love you, Josh. You're going to do a great job.
Testing one, two, three. Perfect. <laughs> Praise the Lord, church. Uh, it is great to be giving the word again. Um, this has been a great summer. I'm so glad that I got to come and uh, be with you guys this summer, and I've learned so much. Uh, I'd like to thank my brother for allowing me to come out here and uh, work in his church and teach me so many things. It's been great. So, like Zach said, he's explaining the 0 to 100%. Today we're working on the 50%. Um, when you go from 0 to 100%, you're going to look totally different. Like, people around you are going to be like, what happened to you? You look totally, like, who are you? Um, and so today I'm going to be talking about get, going from the 5% to the 50% and what happens at the 50%. Because we can see in the Bible and the uh, Gospels that the apostles went from fishermen to leaders in the church. How did this happen? Well, they went through a time of transition. And we're going to talk about that time of transition today. Um, getting to the 50%. How can we get there? What God does in that time? And how his grace how we can apply his grace to our lives and how it can be sufficient and fill the voids. Um, and then the 50% is a time of rest. It, it seems weird because it's a time of transition and a lot of things happen in a time of transition and it's just like I, don't like, I don't like it. Sometimes the transition feels weird and you don't really like it, but it is a time of rest. And, um, and it's a time to realize that there's nothing to worry about and to put your cares on Jesus. Um, and it's also a time to seek the face of God, which is a weird concept, but I'll cover that in a little bit later. And the 50% as a time of transition. This is something I really want to hit hard on about the apostles and how we can apply how they went from 0 to 100 to our lives and how we can go from 0 to 100. Um, jumping right into it, my... Uh, the first point I want to make is jumping from that 5% to the 50%. My scripture I wanted to go to today was Psalms 8, 3. It says, when I consider thy heavens, the works of thy fingers, the moon and the stars, which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? We can see the stars we look up. We were watching the other night a meteor shower. And it was like, amazing. And we look at it and it's like, wow, God created all this around us. How beautiful is this? How big is this? And we recognize that he thinks about us. In the grand scheme of the universe, how huge everything is, he considers me. Right here, tiny little piece of dust floating on a giant rock in the middle of a giant void. He thinks about me and he cares about me. Um, in 2 Corinthians 12, it talks about Paul having a thorn in his flesh, which that means something like he struggled with. I know a lot of people struggle with pornography or alcohol, and it's something that Paul struggled with. And it talks about how he relates it to a messenger of Satan coming to torment him. But later on, it talks about in 2 Corinthians 12, 8, it says, 
Concerning this, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it would leave me. He was praying and praying, trying to get rid of this. Whatever it was that was holding him back, he was trying to get rid of it. And he said unto me, God responded to Paul and said, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in weakness. Therefore will I most gladly boast all the more about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may reside in me, so that I take pleasure in weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and difficulties for the sake of Christ. For when I am weak, I am strong. When we are weak, when we are struggling, God is our strength. We can rely on that strength to get us through. Um, he says, I'll most gladly boast all the more about my weaknesses. When we're going through it, we can turn around and be like, guys, I'm going through something, but God is great. Um, at the beginning of this year, I struggled with, I went through this time of depression, and it really affected me. I was in bed all day, and I just didn't want to move. And I had some family issues that had popped up, and I didn't know how to cope. It was some, my people in my past and my family that was in my past, I was like, is this all I am? Are the people that came before me all I am? Are their sins what I am? And I was praying, and I was searching for God. I was like, God, I don't, who am I? Like, I don't understand why I feel this way and why I'm going through this. And I just need to know who I am. And I searched and I searched and I searched. And one night I was praying and we had this amazing move of God. And one of our, uh, it was, we were recording an album and we had this amazing move of God. And I was praying and I was like, God, I just need to know who I am. And he finally, he responded to me. You are who I say you are. You are called. And it, those simple words changed the trajectory of my life. I could have ended up like my family. I could have ended up like what they were doing. But God said, no, you are who I say you are. And we have to realize when we get to that 50%, it's not who we were. It's who God says we are. Um, and I was praying this morning. I was really thinking about this sermon and getting up here and preaching and God really laid a verse on my heart if God be for us who can be against us like we were talking about before how great is the universe how great is our universe how big it is well how much bigger is our God and if God be for us who can be against us <laughs> and so I wanted to talk about how the 50% can be a time of rest like we were talking about before, if God be for us, who can be against us? And if his grace is sufficient, he will fill those voids. Um, and it goes into Matthew 6 where it's talking about all our worries. What are we going to eat? What are we going to wear tomorrow? I don't understand. What are we going to do for the next week? I don't know how this is going to work out. Well, it talks about how the birds don't worry about what they're going to eat. We see the birds just chilling out there on the telephone poles, fly down, get some worms. You know, they don't worry about what they're going to eat. Just, and then continues on in Matthew 6, 33, it says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day 
has enough troubles of its own. Focus on where you're at right now. Today is a day. Tomorrow is a new day. Let tomorrow worry about itself. God's got that covered. Let me walk in the path right now. Where does God want me right now? Um, and so we have to seek first the kingdom. Um, I want to take you guys to Psalms 27. I have a couple verses and I'll break them down. Uh, the first scripture is, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? If the God of all creation is fighting for you, what should you be afraid of? Um, it continues in verse 3. Though a, an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. David was writing this when literal armies were coming up against him. They were coming to kill him. And he said, though they're coming against me, my God is bigger. My God is bigger than my struggles. Um, when the things go bad in our life, when we don't know how we're going to make it through the next day, our God is bigger than our struggles. Um, and I want to, down in verse 4, it says, One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the Lord, the house of the Lord, all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to acquire in his temple. This relates back to seeking the kingdom of God. David desired to seek the kingdom of God. Armies were coming to kill him, and he was still focused on seeking the kingdom of God. Um, and it says in verse 5, For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle he shall hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. Though the armies are coming to kill me, God is my strength. He will protect me. Um, we can trust in God with our worries and our anxieties because he is fighting for us. It says in verse 8, When thou saidest, Seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, O Lord, will I seek. God wants us to seek him. What is seeking the face of God? Obviously, it says we can't see God. Nobody has seen God at any time. What does that mean? What that means is to be in his presence. Seek after his presence. Um, how can we seek after the presence of God? Fasting. Fasting gets us into the presence of God. We're giving up something that's essential to get into that presence of God. And God will respect that. He's like, I'm going to honor you. Here is what you need. Because it says in Matthew 4, But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. We can fast and we can read the Bible to get into the presence of God. People ask, I need answers. God, where are my answers? You wrote a book full of answers. <laughs> and that book is alive. <laughs> and so, prayer. Prayer is another essential point into getting into that presence of God. If we're not praying, we have no relationship with God. I can't talk to my brother, or I can't not talk to my brother and have a relationship with him. I know we were talking about this the other day where... Um, there was a picture that popped up on our screen, the Google Home thing, and it was a picture of all four of us, and I was in the background, and it, like, blurred me out, and I was like, 
yeah, that's pretty much how it is when I leave. It's just like object impermanence, like, oh, he doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> but it's, it's like the same thing on my side, too. I'm like, I have no family. <laughs> so if I don't contact my brother and talk with my brother, we have no relationship. If I don't talk to my grandmother, we don't have any relationship. Like, so we have to talk to God. We have to talk to him. And it says, pray without ceasing in 1 Thessalonians 5.17. Obviously, it's not talking about like walking around, oh Jesus, 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 oh Jesus. God, what that means is he is to constantly be in prayer, but not like physically. Like when we're driving to work, like, oh Jesus, thank you, Jesus, for this day. Thank you for waking me up in the morning, starting me on my way. Before meals, thank you, Jesus, for this food. Blessed to the nourishment of our bodies. You know that we have this, we have the same, pray the same prayer, but it's always the same. It's like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but it's the constant talking with God that relates us. And we, because when we talk to God, he talks back. When we commune with God, he will talk back with us. Um, and so, Reading the Word of God, I kind of jumped forward and talked about that, but let me trace back to that. His Word is life. It, it's, if you read Genesis 1-1, it talks about how God spoke the world into existence. And so if we can trust that the Bible is God's Word, we can trust that it is life and will bring us life. Um, His Word will change you from the inside out. It's crazy. Uh, from one day starting to read your Bible, to falling in love with the Word of God. Um, I think Jeremiah says, uh, Thy word was unto me like as a fire shut up in my bones. And it says, Thy word have I heard in my heart that I might not sin against thee. We have the Bible and we can study the Bible and meditate it all the day. Um, and it will be our protection. It will keep us from the world it says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The scripture is going to change you from the inside out. Um, and so we jump back into Psalms 27. The last verse in that chapter says, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. It concludes with a message to the reader, a message of encouragement. We seek after the kingdom of God. We go after, we fight and we fight and we fight to get to that point. And then it says, wait. It's like, well, I want it now. I want it now. No, wait. We've worked and we've worked. Now we wait on the Lord. Um, when we call on the Lord, he will be there. He will be our strength. You don't have to worry about anything. Like, if it's talking about people worrying about what they're going to eat. And it says, don't even worry about that. That's something essential for us to live, is to eat, especially back then. Whenever they had to farm and it was so expensive to buy a loaf of bread, they didn't have to worry about what they're going to eat because God is going to provide that. That's the simplest thing and God will provide it. And so now we can bring to the time of transition, going from the 50% to the green. Um, once you begin to rely on God and putting your cares on him, the transition will change you 
to what you need to be, what God has called you to be. When you realize, I am not that. I am what God says I am. That's when the transition begins. The apostles began as fishermen. And they began, and they worked with Jesus. They walked with the physical. God manifest in the flesh, walked with him. And they still had to go through a time of transition. They weren't automatically turned into these mighty men of God. They had to go through this time of transition. Um, it, we see that in the center point where it was going from Jesus in the presence where they could touch him to where they could only feel him. Where God was in the flesh to where God resided inside of them. And that's where we're going. That is where we're going to get to the green, where God is working in us and we can walk with him in the daily. We see this transition in Matthew 26 and John 13. It's talking about the Last Supper. And I know Zach's going to come up here and talk about that in a minute. So I'm going to focus heavily on John 13. Um, John 13, it's kind of a weird portion of scripture. It's talking about the foot washing and that Jesus did. And it says John, in John 13... Uh, verse 5, it says, Next he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet. The God of all creation was washing some fishermen's feet. Um, he, and next he came to Simon Peter, who asked him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What, am I, well, what I'm doing, you do, don't realize now, but afterwards you will understand. Verse 8 says, you will never wash my feet, Peter said. Jesus replied, if I don't wash you, you have no part with me. And Simon Peter, as soon as he realized that if he didn't let Jesus wash his feet, he wouldn't be able to get to that point. He said, Lord, not only my feet, but my hands and my head. It's a part of transition where we have to learn to receive from others. We've tried to give here, but we have nothing to give. You finally have a point to a place to give, but you have to remember to receive. Once we get into it, we want to give, 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 but we can't. We have to get to this point where we have to receive. And it's a hard place. It's a humbling place on both sides. The person washing your feet and having your feet washed, it's very, it's humbling. And it's learning to get from others John 13, 15, ex Jesus explains the significance of this. He says, For I have given you an example that you should do just as I have done for you. Truly, I tell you, a servant is not greater than his master, and a messenger is not greater than the one who has sent him. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. We're messengers. We're not God. We're here as servants. We're all servants and messengers of Christ. We're not greater than God. We have to realize that and humble ourselves before God. He is our master. And so at this point, I'm going to bring Zach up and he can deliver the rest of his, what he has for us. Thank you. Awesome job. You know, I, uh, when I was younger, 
we would go to we would go to church and normally about the first of the the end of the year uh, we do a thing called watch night service and they would have normally they'd let the church know and they'd be like hey we're gonna have foot washing tonight and communion and and I would always hate it when it was foot washing has anyone done foot washing before there's a few of you so foot washing was a it was a big deal like back in the day like it was I mean we would do literal foot washing like pour the bucket water into the bucket we wash each other's feet pray for each other and I hated it because you know I have I hate feet okay and so there was a group of people that I would be a part of and around the time we would know it was coming we would start sending this meme to each other in our private group messenger and and it was like Shrek grinding his toenails and we're like hey church uh Church foot washing is coming. Uh, we're not going to do that today, okay? Just FYI, no one needed to wash their feet before, so if you are worried. But we, we are going to do something similar, too. And there's a reason why, okay? So we're, we're here today. We're, we're talking about transition, okay? There is an importance when it comes to transition. And I, I really want everyone to participate, but there is no requirement that you do participate. But <clears throat> I, I hope that you would choose to participate. It, it is humbling, so, so why, do, why, why practice this? Well, Jesus did it. And I'm not saying, well, well, Jesus did this, and so we should do it. I mean, it's not, it's not what I'm saying, but there is an act here. It's humbling for the person, one, who does it, just like Josh said, but also for the person who receives it. The Bible says it's more blessed to give than to receive. If you constantly block a person from giving to you, you are constantly stopping a person from receiving a blessing from God. So you have to be diligent in also receiving. You have to learn when you get to this point that you also have to receive. You cannot be a constant giver. You cannot always give. You have, you have at this point, always received. You, when you were in the red, when you were empty, you always received. But at this point, you've got to give a little bit but you have also got to learn to balance the giving with receiving. If you always give, you will continually be burnt out and you will be outside of the will of God. So it gives us an opportunity to make a transition in our lives from just receiving to be able to give. So here at this point in our walk with God, we were trying to figure out how to get from empty to into the red. We were trying to figure out, we, we, we came from the green to the red. We were trying to get, we were constantly trying to figure out how to move in this direction. This was, the, the whole part of this series was trying to move this way. So all of that required receiving. Now we're here in a transition. We're in the green. We're able to give. We're able to, we're, we're also still charging though. So I, I want to give a little bit. So how do I do that? Well, I've also got to be able to receive. If I don't receive, I know that I will have nothing to give. So I, I've got to make a transition now. I've got some ability in my battery to operate. So I've got to be able to give. And one of the ways that I give is by receiving. That's really important because a lot of times we block the reception we want to give everything it's a pride thing and they're like why do you say that well because i don't like to receive and i know it's a pride thing 
I don't like to receive because I know it's taking from someone. Darling's probably sitting over there like, well, they let me do this. And I'm like, also, you need to let us do this. Okay. I'm making a compromise because it's worth way more. <laughs> Here's the thing. We want to be in the will of God. I know every single person in this place today wants to be in the will of God. Here's what you've got to ask yourself. Do you consistently feel burned out? If you are always feeling burned out, you are not in the will of God. Because it is not God's will for you to be burned out. You're like, but Zach, just a couple of weeks ago, you were saying that you were down here and you felt burned out. I know. I wasn't in the will of God. I boldly say I was not in the will of God. I'm, I'm here. I'm in the 60s, 70s. Like, I'm feeling a lot better. I know that I am where I need to be. I know that I'm on the right path. I'm charging because I was able to receive correction from God, from people, but I was also able to give, um, and it's allowed me to move forward in my relationship with God. I corrected some things in my life. I was called to be a husband. My wife was called to be a wife. I've got to get some things right in my family. And so in that, I had to be humbled. I had to bring myself in line with the will of God. It says that in due season you will reap if you faint not. The faint not there is if you don't burn out. So if you consistently feel in your spirit that you are burned out, you are not in the will of God and you need to ask God, God, where am I? What do I need to do? You need to correct yourself. You need to get into the will of God. Okay. If you're not in the will of God, you'll know because you continually feel burned out. You'll continue to develop a resentment to family, to church, to God, or cause others to develop resentment to God. God did not call you to sacrifice your family to be in relationship with him. Rather, he called you to care for your family. Husbands, your first calling is to be a husband. Wives, your first calling is to be a wife. And then everything else falls in. You need to have a relationship with God, but you cannot sacrifice your families. You cannot trade your families. You cannot, you have got to love the people God has placed in your life. You're in those relationships for a reason. Love them. Love the people that you're with. Work on them. Teach them. Care for them. And then as God leads you, he will give you the strength to continue to charge. But if you consistently feel burned out, you need to check and make sure, am I doing things? Am I sowing myself in places that I should not be sowing myself and causing myself to run on empty? So, we can cause our families to develop a resentment to God and to the church because we decide to sacrifice them. I have done that myself. And it's because of a selfish desire to continually to do things that are outside of the will of God that continually burn me out. I want to be in the will of God because when I am in the will of God, I have more energy. You're like, what does that mean? It means that when I am in the will of God, I feel better. I do. I 
I am fulfilled in my ministry. I'm fulfilled in my purpose. I know that what I am doing is the right thing. Those Sundays that I said I did not feel good, I questioned, am I doing the right thing? And I would guarantee you, you go back and ask Josh about how he felt. He probably was not feeling good about his decisions to go to Bible college and all those things. <laughs> so we're about to have this moment. Okay? What we're going to do is we're going to have a reflection. And what I want you to do, the Bible says if you have an, uh, a problem between your brother or your sister to go to him. If you have a problem between your husband and your wife, you go to him. You should communicate. I can guarantee you this. If you have a problem between someone, a surefire way to humble yourself, get on your, your knees before them, pray for their feet, and you will humble yourself, and they will be humbled before too, and they will receive your apology, and you will be humbled enough to give it. And you're like, whoa, what are we doing, Zach? You're getting weird. It's okay. You're, you don't have to participate. But it's very important. They're like, yeah, all right. Don't worry. It's okay. No one's washing feet. I want to take a moment here. I want to have a time of reflection because before we, after we do this, we're going to take communion. Uh, I want you to reflect and ask yourself, is there a possibility that I may be outside of the will of God? Is there something that I need to do to align my life with the will of God? How do I do that? What do I need to do? Do I have something between me and someone in my life? Do I have something between a family member, a loved one, a, a person in the church, someone that I need to correct? And so as we, as we do this, I, I want you to take that time. And so I'm going to ask you just to, to bow your heads, and I'm going to play some music. We're going to pray, and as this song plays, and then I'm going to give some instructions of the next step. This isn't going to take long, I promise. It's not as weird as it may sound in your head, I promise. Um, and then we'll move forward, okay? God, I pray right now, God, that you would begin to move in this place, God. God, I feel your presence in this place from the beginning of this service. God, and I just pray that you would move, God, that you would touch each and every one of us, God. God, you know what each and every one of us need in this place.